Sunday, Monday, happy gays. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy gays. Thursday, Friday, happy gays. They're best chums. Let's have some fun. Ready to chat with you. These gays of ours. Happy gays. These gays of ours. Happy gays. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show today. I am your co-hostess with the co-mostess, Jared Hagland. And I'm Ashley Fair. And we are Gay Gay Best Friends. Friends. Oh, I was leading that. I did it with my eyes and you walked right along the sexy line with me. It felt like I was crossing a line, but... Oh no, don't worry. We just walked the line perfectly. We were there together. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So thank you everyone so much. So sorry we missed a week. We had a week of hiatus, but you're all still with us. And thank you. That's what it's like being best friends. Sometimes you got to understand when you can't make things, you got to give people space, and then you come back and you're there to support them. That's right. We were gone because I was very sick for like, a, I don't know, up until yesterday, I feel like. And so I got to know, like, how sick were you? What fluids were coming out of you? What color were they? Mm. The listeners want to know, Ashley. Tell, tell us everything <laughs> about your sick time. Well... So this is the funny thing, though, is so I had lots of mucus and uh, coughing and, you know, phlegm, blah, blah, blah. Um, But it was, like, clear. Every time I blew blew my nose, it was clear. And anything I spat up, it was clear. Um, So I was, I guess, well hydrated anyway. Well, that's good work being sick on your part. Is that how it works? I know, like, with your pee, it's clear you're hydrated if... I don't know. I don't know, but that's exactly how I gauge my sickness. <laughs> it's like, I'm getting better if my mucus turns from the yellowy green to clear. And you're yeah. like, oh good, I'm getting better. So right? that's crazy. You had and some it, sort of like sneaky sickness. I, yeah. I mean, and it did sneak up on me. I feel like I, well, I had the sore throat and then I had a day off of work. And that's when I just like slept all day. Then I took two days off. I went back to work for two days. And I was just exhausted again. Then it was the long weekend here in BC and a few other provinces. Uh, we had family day. So, and Costco was closed on family day. So I just took that time and did nothing. I just slept. Did you have a long weekend? Did you? No, I was working all long weekend. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I hope you get to bank that somehow and take some more time elsewhere. Yeah, I'm sure I will. And to be honest, it was like all made up when I got home because I was away for work for a few days. And I got home, and Zach had bought the little toilet bowl cleaner pucks Ooh. that make the water blue. Yeah. And peeing and making the water green is one of my favorite things in life. <laughs> uh, so that was a really big, nice surprise when I got home. Nice. <laughs> it's funny. Small things like that do, I don't know, they just bring you joy. Yeah, but what do you do? Like, do you, if you have a blue toilet bowl cleaner, do you pee then get up to see how green it is? Yeah, I don't, like, flush... Like behind me. No, I, but I'm like, like as a as a guy or someone with a penis standing, I get to see the transformation. Oh, like, it you need to understand how cool that is. I guess I could like stand over the toilet bowl. Or there's got to be something with like a strong light and a mirror that you could you could rig up. Yeah. Or I could just get the the shiwi, just for the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Or pee in a cup of some sort, or and a then bucket, pour it and in. then pour it. Yeah. In. To get the real full effect of a blue toilet bowl cleanser. So now, listeners, you know a lot about our uh, our gross interests. <laughs> I really appreciate people who commented on our uh, 
our Inst- or like you know made note of our Instagram post, noting that we were offline last week. Special shout out to one of our um, what we like to call our like stranger listeners, Tara, who commented and wished me well and asked that I put something good in me, and I did. Yeah, I did. I now you don't need to go into detail if it's too graphic. <laughs> well, I'll talk about it in my uh, my what I'm watching segment. Okay. Yeah, that's uh. where I really got. If if it wasn't for being sick, I probably would not have gotten into this show. Oh. Yeah. I want to know that picture that you did post on Instagram. Were you sick when you took it? I was. You looked adorable. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, a good filter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was sad was. When I was doing the filters, I was trying to find one that was like a little sick face one. Um, and I had taken a picture like that a while ago. It's one of my old profile pictures. And in it, I'm drinking Buckley's, so I'm obviously sick. But like when I was looking for that kind of filter, I was like, none of them look obviously sick. But I had Buckley's. That, that's why it looked so sick. That looks so obvious. <laughs> so you, you drank Buckley's? Yeah. Oh, I've never drank in Buckley's. No way. It tastes awful. But it works. Yeah, but it tastes awful is enough for me to not go in. Oh my god. It's do you ever feel like your some of your cold medicines are more about nostalgia than anything? No. Oh. Just because as a kid I didn't take medication. Not even Buckley's. Or, or not no especially like I did not so one time when I was quite sick and took cough medicine. My mom made me take cough medicine. I projectile vomited down a flight of stairs. And as a young kid, I couldn't take pills. Like, to the point when I'd have headaches or something, my mother would get... And this makes her sound evil, but she's a lovely woman. But And rightfully, I understand where she's coming from. One time, she got so frustrated, and she told me that she wished Advil came in enema form so she could shove it up my ass. <laughs> I wonder if you could just shove it up a kid's ass, though. Or even your adult ass. Well, that's next week, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's so funny. You know what's funny about what you just said? There are two things that I refuse to eat until my adult years because I was so sure that it made me sick when I was younger. Like what? Because both times I projectile vomited. What? Grapefruits was one of them. Uh, and the other one, spaghetti squash. I have not eaten spaghetti squash until Zach served oh, it to yeah. me last time I had dinner here. And, and you I... projectile vomited spaghetti squash. Yeah. Oh, that's got to be a mess. Yeah. Do you have a history of vomiting as a child? Yeah, I used to get really, I get, I mean, I still get really bad headaches, but when I was younger, I got them a lot more frequently. Uh, and that would often turn into vomiting or start at vomiting. I'm so sorry, listeners, if the word vomiting is just too much for you. Right, we'll switch it up. <laughs> Throwing up or up chucking. <laughs> I got two great vomit stories. Okay. First of all, grade two, oh. Christmas concert rehearsal. No. I was, you know, I was ready. I forget what role I had, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was big. I'm yeah. just going to guess it was big. Yeah, of course it was. You're and smart. we were all lining up in our classroom for dress rehearsal. And it was coming. I was sick. It was happening. And I ended up throwing up down two very large hallways of multiple classrooms. No. And then getting to the bathroom and throwing up in the urinal. Oh, that sucks. For the janitor especially. Yeah. Oh my God, it probably smells so bad too. I remember in school when... 
a kid would would throw up and you could smell it. And probably a good six classes had to walk single file to the auditorium past all this vomit to get to dress rehearsal. Oh, that is awful for everyone involved. What's your other story? My dentist used to call me Chuck because I couldn't go through a dentist appointment without vomiting. Oh my god! And they would always... Always, a new hygienist would try and catch it with a little paper napkin, and it's like, that's not enough. <laughs> that is not enough of oh, um, being sick. Oh, the <laughs> worst. I remember one time, the last time that I projectile vomited, uh, I was in high school, and I was out with a friend, and we had just had dinner at my, my mom's house, or like my house. Um, we had... Broccoli and cheese soup to, like, set the stage. It was delicious. Mm. Um, and then we we went, me and my friend went to, like, another friend's house. And my friend drove me home because I wasn't feeling well. And I, like, I got in the house. I was probably three steps from the washroom. And I couldn't hold it any, any longer. Oh, no. And I just project, it was, and it was, it hit the wall. I was like two steps from the wall kind of thing. And it was just went, oh, I felt really bad. And then I'm the, I was the kind of kid who like in my household, there was a, a real strong sense of cleaning up your messes. So I went, finished throwing up and then I like came back out and I'm crying and I'm trying to clean up. My mom comes out of her bedroom, she's on the phone and she was like, Ashley, what are you doing? And I let her know and she's like, go to bed. I'll take care of this. I felt really bad about it. How do you, can you handle puke well? Oh yeah, I handle puke well. That's good. That's good. That's the worst is when someone can't, excuse me, when someone can't handle it. Yeah. And they get gaggy and you're, so then you feel even more guilty because you're like, you can't take care of this. No, yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I'm strong. Good. All right, let's put this to bed. (laughs) So Ashley, what you watching? Slash listening. Slash reading. Slash putting in ya. What you doing? Uh, so, over the last week, I have... <laughs> I've watched The Lohan Beach Club. Oh my god! <laughs> I have wanted to watch this. I have... First, first of all, where do you watch it? So it's on MTV. I've been watching it on demand. Okay. Yep. Um, it's ridiculous. So for those who don't know... Lindsay Lohan has opened this beach club in um, Mykonos, Greece. Yeah. Um, It looks super fun. Like, I wish I had lots of money so I could go there. Anyway, um, it's hilarious. She's... I can't figure out if it's, like, a competition show or not. Although today's episode told me it's not a competition. Because one of the girls who has recently joined the VIP host crew Mm -hmm. was saying, like... Everything's a competition. This is a competition, and I'm here to like take your job if you're not good at it. Oh wow! Um, that and, sounds like some good drama, right? Well, Lindsay overheard her saying that, <gasps> and she came over and she said, "What did I just hear?" She's like, "No, no, we're a family here, and that's what I that's what I want you guys. I want you to support each other." And she gave this whole impassioned speech about how she wants her VIP hosts to be more like family, which is kind of funny because. She and her, like, manager, venue manager person are very opposed to any of these hosts getting into relationships with each other. 
Because they're family. They're not... <laughs> that's not what you do with family. But it's like they don't want them to like be socializing or anything. They're really just there to work is kind of the perspective that's been oh, thrown at it. Oh, not even socialize. I thought you yeah. meant fucking. Like, no, I, did, I didn't mean fucking. But like, it also just seems like anytime they do try to just go and have a good time, they, they've had days off and you still get to follow them you know, as they do their adventures. And they'll go to a club. But if they're not promoting the beach house, then they get in trouble. And it's like, but it's their day off. So, like, should they? I guess I guess if you're sort of the public face of a company, then of I guess Lindsay you Lohan are always working. But still, it just always seems so interesting to me. Anyway, I love it. It's been on my list. I find it fascinating that she's back with the show. Yeah. I find Lindsay a very interesting character. Yes, me too. How's she doing? I I wanted to watch the show to see how how Lindsay Honestly, is. Honestly, she seems happy. I'm really happy. I'm glad That's for good. her. I'm glad. Yeah, and she hasn't had that weird fake accent on the show. Do you remember <laughs> that interview? So yes. for those who don't know, Lindsay, about two years ago, when she first moved to Greece, she had this weird accent that was like a mixture of all the places she had been. And sometimes she would break the accent and just speak like normal Lindsay Lohan. And then she would fall back into the weird accent. And everyone was like, what is this accent? She came under some heat for it. And so she she stopped using it pretty quickly. But it was interesting. I'm glad she's not using it. Yeah. And I'm glad she's well. Yeah, she seems good. I guess we'll see what happens. She seems to have like a lot of heart. That's nice. Yeah. Although, okay. There, I just have to get this off my chest. Do it. There was an episode where she freed a lobster. <laughs> <laughs> so, but from where? where from so at what like, point was the lobster at where she freed it? It was frozen. It was on ice. Um, and she was like, "Not at my beach house. We don't do the like live lobster thing here." But the camera didn't do a good job of hiding this ice box. And there were a few lobsters in there, but she only grabbed one and then walked it out to the end of the dock and dropped it in. I also don't know if that's any good for a lobster. Like, it... It probably depends where that lobster came from. If it's warm water. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. But I just mean, like, if it goes straight from frozen into warm water. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a lobster expert. Yeah, me either. If you are, you let us know. Maybe she knew that lobster. Maybe she had a personal connection to that one lobster. She did say it was her Sebastian. So. Oh, see? Yeah. The other ones. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> this is my friend. They, they make good money. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hail Lindsay. Red hot. Just like everyone watches me, I'm watching them. Cameras flip now. Boss bitch. What have you been watching, Jarrett? So, like many gay men and straight white women in a lot of places... I've been watching RuPaul's All-Star Season 4. It recently ended, and fans, at least the ones I talked to, and myself, are in up in fucking arms. They crowned two winners. Do they Have they ever done that? No. Never done that. And I have three main problems with this. First off, there is nothing satisfying about devoting weeks of your time to a show to have it go flaccid at the end. And and that's to me what two winners did. Both sides, whoever team you were on, rooting for them, you feel let down. Yeah. It's like watching the Super Bowl and ending in a tie. <laughs> no one wants that. No. 
secondly, the way RuPaul films their shows, um, they film each person who's up for the crown. Mm-hmm. They film them winning. That way to keep it anonymous of who actually wins, they okay. only air the one who actually wins. Oh my god, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, it started Perez Hilton, I think, in season three, leaked the winner. So this one, they film every single person winning. And so to all of a sudden have two of them win, they had to do this weird, horrible TV editing that was so jumbled and mixed together. It was like some sort of hairdresser that fucked up and was trying to like glue together a weave bag. (laughs) So that was just bad TV. And third, it should have been Monet Exchange. Mm. I know you didn't watch this, All Stars. But But it should have been Monet Exchange. First of all, All Stars has never had a Queen of Color win. And this year, there were only two people on the show who were not Queens of Color. Oh. And Monet Exchange, we just saw her last regular season of All Stars, sorry, not of All Stars, of the show. Mm -hmm. She was there. So in less than a year, she had grown so much. She upped her game so much. And she had to share the crown with, in my opinion, a generic white queen who, not to be offensive, but is during the drag of the past, Mm. not the future. She wasn't pushing it. She's very good. She is technically sound, but I don't think she pushed it. And in the finale especially, didn't do enough to win. Monet should have won. If it's all stars, you should be pushing it. Right? You need to do better than you've done before. Absolutely. I kind of took away from this season of All Stars and, like, assessing, and I've seen other people do this, of, like, what is RuPaul and where has this show gotten to? And I really hope in the next season that it ups its game. It needs to queer up its game a little more. Because it used to be more subversive and queer and pushed, like, sexual entendres. And as it's become more popular, as it's moved to VH1 and gotten a bigger budget, it's really moved back from that. And I think it... I think it needs to become that again, and I think the people will follow. I think the new fans of probably the last five years or something, I think will go with it, along with the queer people who watched at the beginning. So mm-hmm. I think they need to do that, and I think they need to shelve All-Stars. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this year they had two people on All-Stars who were from the last season. Oh. Their bench is, is shallow. Yeah. So they need to at least give it like a good few years break to build up that bench. Yeah. And it's okay to have a gap between seasons. Like, exactly. it's going two weeks and then a new season coming right, in. Right, yeah. In two it's weeks, just too much. So, like, next week it starts. Yeah. That's, we don't want to, like, get just over-bombarded with RuPaul. We get sick of it. Yeah, well, it's happening. You suck, you jackass. We've brought it up before. We, I... Would love to answer people's questions about life or relationships or sex or whatever. We are, like I said, the very first episode, we are by no means experts on anything. But we have a lot to say about a lot of things. And we'd prefer to give it to strangers than about pop culture. Exactly. <laughs> it's all fun, but that's, that's that'd be key. <laughs> so, I have recently discovered... The Reddit um, group, subreddit, I guess, uh, called Am I the Asshole? And I've selected three questions to run past you to see what you think about some of these people. Okay. Um, Some of them have now... So the way that it works is people lay out their question 
And then there's a guide for um, how they decide if someone's an asshole or not. And there's like, you're the asshole and the party is not. You're not the asshole, but the other party is. Everyone sucks here. Uh, there's no assholes here or there's not enough info. So the first one. Am I the asshole for walking out on a date because she lied to me about having a kid? I met this woman on a dating app a month ago. On my profile, I specifically state that I don't want to date anyone with kids. On her profile, there's no reference to her having any children. She and I have gone out four times and had our fifth date a few nights ago. Things were great. We have a lot in common. She's funny, charming, and attractive. I thought I'd hit the dating jackpot. At no point during any of these dates did did she mention having a child. Well... During our most recent date, we went out for drinks, and a few minutes after we sat down, she came clean. She admitted she has a daughter from a previous marriage, and that she was afraid to tell me because she knew I'd turn her down if I'd known ahead of time. I asked her if that was why she had no reference to her daughter on her profile, and she told me she'd been turned down so many times because of her daughter that she had to make a new profile. She said she figured that if I got to know her better, she thought I could overlook this no-kids role that I have and be happy with her. I told her that I couldn't just overlook this. I paid for her drinks and left. She sat there quietly, staring into her drink as I left. I didn't hear from her until this morning when she texted me asking if we could talk. I told her there wasn't much to talk about, but that I recommend she be more honest in the future to avoid hurt feelings. She told me I was being a selfish asshole and blocked, and that my hatred of kids was a very ugly trait. I blocked her. Was I an asshole? Was I too cold and not understanding enough of her problems here? Is this an understandable lie given how hard it can be for single parents to date? I feel justified in ending things, but maybe I was too harsh in the way I did it. Asshole. Yeah? He is a fucking asshole. I I get that she wasn't honest. Mm-hmm. I get that she wasn't upfront. And I can even be okay if he wanted to end it at that point mm-hmm. in a different way. Yes. He didn't need to walk. It's not like they, it was their first date mm-hmm. where you can kind of have that ability to just walk away from it all. Yeah. He could have dealt with it much better, even if the answer was, that's not okay with me. Yeah. Like, I get where he's coming from, that she wasn't fully honest, but he dealt with the, he dealt with the question wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he is an asshole. What do you think? I think he was an asshole, and I agree with you. It's the way that it happens. And, like, his question was, was I too cold and not understanding of her problems here? And the answer, like... You, you can separate those two questions. Yeah, exactly. Um, five dates is a long time. Unless you're going on a date every night in a week. Like, that's pretty much a month of dating someone. Yeah. Um, which, like, at that point, I don't know, maybe not for everyone, but for me, at that point, I'm deciding if we're going to get serious. So that is a little bit late to be letting someone know that you have a kid. Um, but. I get her point. Yeah, exactly. And you don't just pay for drinks and leave. Yeah, exactly. You fin- you finish your drinks, you talk it over, and then you're just like, I'm sorry, like, I, this, this is, and this is why I don't, like, give her some explanation. Um, like, at least a month of dating, you... You owe her, this isn't where I'm at in life. Yeah. I can't do it. I or... want to know why you are that firm on no kids. You know, I mean, but, you know, yeah, people have their reasons, questions. but, like... And they should be respected. But just because that should be respected doesn't mean he should disrespect her. That's right. All right, asshole. Oh, such an asshole. And that is one of the ones that is not yet determined last time I checked Reddit. Really? People are still commenting. They must give it a certain amount of hours. All right. 
Am I the asshole for not wanting to name my son after my girlfriend's ex? But wait, there's more. Okay, I need more because I had an answer. <laughs> my girlfriend and I are expecting our firstborn son. The other night when discussing names, she said she would like his middle name to be that of her ex, who died. Saying further that it would mean a lot to his family, who she is still close with. I said that makes me really uncomfortable and don't want to do it. I don't want to tell people, especially my son that he is partly named after another man who, is, who his mom loved before me. She said, Why can't you say he's named after my friend who died? We weren't even together when he died. I continued saying no to the name, and that it feels pretty shitty to even be asked to name him that. Am I the asshole? No, not I, the asshole, in my opinion. Yeah. I think, I don't think she's an asshole, but I think it's being a little creepy. And that's a big ask of someone. Naming your kid is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think naming your kid too, you need to really be open to the other person having irrational reasons why that name is unacceptable. Like, it's going to be, well, like, it being your dead ex is kind of one of the more rational reasons. Yeah. You should also accept, no, Kaylee spit on me in high school. We can't call them Kaylee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There are, people have associations with names. Your association might be a nice one, but... For your person, it's not so nice, obviously. Yeah, I believe um, in relationships and things compromise to the max or sometimes someone wins in naming children. I think that's a place where you have a black, you can have a black ball and yeah. own it. And that is 100% fine. Agreed. There are a million names out there. You don't need to name it after your dead ex. Yeah. What makes it really kind of gross to me is she she feels like it would mean a lot to the ex's family. That she have her ex's name and, and her kid. But, like, that family and that ex have nothing to do with this child. Yeah. So, it just feels icky to me. Yeah. Yeah. In general, I don't get that, like, because a lot of it's times with grandparents and things, that pride or really mean a lot to name it after them. Mm-hmm. Unless you're hoping they're reincarnated into that body, I do not get why that is such a respect and needs to happen thing. I don't get it either. That being said, I would love to have my kid have the middle name Michael because that's my dad's and mine. So Aww. I'm probably contradicting myself and Ozzy Osbourne's. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Omo. Ozzy Michael Osbourne? Oh, yeah. Omo. <laughs> no, Omo. <laughs> so he's not the asshole. She's not an asshole, but she's, I think, pushing the line and being creepy. Yeah, it's it's a bit much. And I get that. You know, it's still tender. Um, I've had a lot of friends pass and even just, you know, bringing them up in conversation or whatever can still be really emotional. Yeah. But that's kind of part of the reason to keep it out of your kid's name. To not have when you look at your kid. Think of moving it away from her ex to her, what seems like a good friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't understand why that's the emotion you would want to take from saying your child's name. No. No. It's a lot. All right. Not an asshole. Not an asshole. Next. Am I the asshole for telling my friend I didn't want to hear about him being gay so much? So, my friend... (laughs) So, my friend came out as gay a bit ago. Good for him. Got no problem with it. But recently, he hasn't stopped talking about it. It seems like every sentence he somehow brings up that he's gay and other people were starting to notice too. So... We were hanging out, and he hadn't stopped talking about it for the past hour, and I couldn't take it anymore, and asked him to stop talking about it so much. 
He did look upset, and I regretted what I'd done, but I couldn't take it anymore. I do feel like the asshole, though two other mutual friends said I did nothing wrong when I talked to them later. We haven't talked since then, and I don't know if I should be apologizing. I'm probably the asshole. I would come down that she's not the asshole because asshole's too nice of a word. Oh. I, I think she is way in the wrong. I would love to know the age of these people. Um, uh, I think the, that information might help. They don't include it in this one. But she said he recently came out, right? Yeah. When you have been hiding yourself or rejecting yourself to yourself for any number of years, when you come out... People should be allowed space either to change to be who they were trying to hide before mm-hmm. or to talk about it and feel comfortable. Yeah. Like, stop talking about you being gay unless he was sitting there in an hour-long diatribe repeating, I am gay, I am gay, I am gay. I don't see how she doesn't come off as one of the worst human beings I, right? I've, I've heard about in a while. Yeah, when you first come out, you need that space. You need to be able to talk about it. It's a new thing. I like and I like what you said that it is you um that when you come out, especially later in life, sometimes you just need some sort of way of like catching up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to make up the time a little bit. You had it's it's the foam coming out of a shaken pop can. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, exactly. And some of the commenters commented saying, like, I'm gay, and, you know, in the beginning it's always like this. Um, And eventually, you know, I calmed down after a while, and it's totally true. I feel like I remember when I came out, I tried really hard not to be insufferable, but at a certain point you're like, oh, shit, I talked way too much about this, but... I will walk back saying that she's worse than an asshole. Just because at the end, I will give... Like, she she said, I'm probably the asshole. So she's somewhat self-aware. So mm-hmm. I, I will just downgrade her to asshole. <laughs> so this is the one where the moderators have stamped it with what the majority of people have decided on. And it was no assholes here. What? Yeah. They no were like, you're not an asshole. <laughs> They're not an asshole. Um, yeah, I agree. I have a hard time saying no assholes here. Because, like, if you're... It's like the circles of grief. And I think they relate to joy as well. Mm-hmm. When you're at the center of something, you need that room to grieve or to just express your feelings in as much as you can to whoever you need to. And if you're the next person on the next circle... So you're the closest person, you're their partner or their best friend or whatever, you may receive all of those feelings and emotions, but you don't dump it in on them that they're talking too much about it. You dump out. You then go to someone else and be like, oh my gosh, like they're talking a lot about this yeah. thing. That's okay. You can just say like, oh, I just need a, I need a breather from these moments, but you support that person. You support and dump out. Yeah. Oh, that is great. Support in, dump out. That's right. So. Well, and just like an asshole, she should have dumped out. That's right. Well, she kind of dumped out onto Twitter or onto Reddit, but she she did not dump out in general. What a jerk. What are you going to pick? Topics. Can we talk? So he was the queer of the week recently, and now he's coming up for an entirely different reason. Jussie Smollett has the whole tables have kind of turned. Uh, the police today have arrested him and indicted him for 
a felony of lying to the police. So claiming that his entire attack was created by him, a false attack, paid people to do it. They claim to gain sympathy and fame to give him a better chance to negotiate with his TV role and make more money. I kind of, I, I don't know where to start to come from this because it just feels like a lot of mixed and sad and hateful and crazy emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think we do need to say that this is allegedly, mm-hmm. it's it's not for sure. His people came out today saying that Jesse is the victim and this is not what happened. He's doing an interview with Robin Roberts where I imagine he's going to defend himself. As much as I need to say how I feel right now, it's hard to say how I feel. I Yeah, I agree with that. I would like to start this by saying I we, I, I'm pretty sure we, believe victims. Like, at the end of the day, like you said, right now it's allegedly. Uh, and until, for me, until something more solid comes forward, until he says something or there's further evidence, like... I still believe him. Exactly. It's hard to break that, not trust, it's hard to break that belief. Mm-hmm. And I guess we can come at this from two points. What if what they're saying about him now is true? And what if it's not? Mm-hmm. And if it's true, I, I am hurt and I'm angry at the damage that what he did caused. Yes. Because... Saying that this happened to you and referencing Make America Great Again and taking all that in and using it to further yourself as a victim of hate, I think hurts all real victims of hate. Absolutely. Yes. And if it's not real, it's also, I don't know if heartbreaking is the right word. It certainly makes me angry that it has happened during Black History Month Mm -hmm. and he references things that are so core to racism in America and slavery and the struggle of black people in America. At this point, the only person who can say if it was true or not is Jesse. Yeah. And he's saying it's it happened. And so I guess if it did happen, if what he's saying is true, this whole counterattack mm-hmm. is abhorrent. And I don't even know what I hope to be true anymore. Because I don't know if I want him faking it to be true just so that the police and some sort of justice is not lying to us. Yeah. But I also want it to be true, not want it to be true that he was attacked, but I want to believe him because I don't know if I can live in a place where people lie about these things Mm -hmm. to get ahead. Yeah. And, I mean, it's one of those things... And I'm sure if you're following the issue, you've seen this several times, that it's a case that is getting so much attention. Oh, yeah. And if it is false, it's even more aggravating because there are so many people who actually are being harmed in these ways that aren't getting any attention. And if it's true that it happened... Like, I was telling you earlier about this meme I saw going around of, and I apologize for not knowing his name, uh, the indigenous man who was at a protest and had a young white Make America Great Again man 
stare him down in the face with a smile and um, possibly assault him. And Christy Blanchard Ford and Jesse Smullett with the caption, who do you vote for for best fake hate crime? And giving these people that ammunition mm-hmm. to me just is it's so toxic. And if that's what he did, I... Ugh. Yeah, I've been following the story over the last 24 hours, like since it first, when we first sent to each other yeah. the, the link of that the Chicago Police Department were going to lay charges. I've been like refreshing my news every like couple of hours to see what has happened now. And while I look forward to his interview with Robin Roberts, I'll definitely be watching that and seeing what he has to say. So... I think we're coming down to the same place. I think we're kind of shaken, unsure, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what to believe and not believe. Mm -hmm. And I think either way this lands, we're just kind of sad about the world. Yeah, and admittedly, like, we're white people in Canada, you know? Like, we don't have to face these truths the same way uh, as anyone in the States, but especially black queer people. Mm Mm-hmm. In, in America, but if you're listening and you're someone who, who does, who has faced attacks and haven't been believed, I want you to know that we believe you, uh, and we, we see you. So this one might be a little old, but it's been <laughs> brewing for the past few weeks, and we haven't had a chance to talk about it, and I think we want to. Yeah. Um, Chris Pratt on Stephen Colbert, talked about his faith and how important it is to him. Mm-hmm. Which, I'll just quickly say before we get into it, I think in this day and age, as someone like Chris Pratt, is slightly brave. Like, I do commend him for wanting to talk about his faith. Is he All up for any awards? At... No, he's not. Oh, okay. Because, like... Good angle. Well, that's just it. Is like, I feel like when you're... Especially in... The U.S. Oh, when you're in like, <laughs> when you're going for office or up for an award or gunning for an award for a nomination, even then, like talking about your religion is the best thing you can do. People love godly people for some reason. But he's been under fire, brought out by Ellen Page, that his church, Our patron saint, right? That his church is anti-LGBT. Mm-hmm. Which a not shocking. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are. Um, he defends that argument, saying they're accepting. But I think the broader conversation that's coming out of this Chris Pratt issue is, should we judge every religious person by all the values that the a church or faith that they believe in encompasses? Not necessarily always, but when they're out there on one of the most popular TV shows talking about their faith? Yes. That's because a good point. they're out there. They're promoting it. It's the same church that I'm pretty sure like Selena Gomez apparently goes to. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Haley Baldwin Bieber. Uh, <laughs> or Haley Bieber now. I don't know. Um, I, I would love to know if she hyphenates. Um, uh, but those people, like, they're not... And this, this is where that question kind of comes into play. Like, they're not out there promoting the church. They just go sometimes because you find a place that you can feel closer to God. I'm assuming you find a place that has an entertaining sermon because who likes a boring church? Right. And I think since so many celebrities go to this specific church, there must be some sort of level of 
safety, I guess, there, you know? Or schmoozing. Maybe, maybe, yeah. A lot of times um, celebrities go to Scientology, doesn't yeah. mean. <laughs> um, but I just... <laughs> But if you're going to be going on to interviews and if you're going to be going on to TV shows and in your interview, you're going to talk about your faith um, and essentially promoting it and then also defending it when someone calls it out, then I do place a little more judgment onto onto you and your your fellowship, I guess. Um, Stephen Colbert is very religious. Yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure that's to some extent why it got brought up. Perhaps. But no one came out and said, hey, Stephen, the church you go to hates gay people. Mm-hmm. And when Chris Pratt tried to defend his church, it was then pointed out, well, no, yeah, you can go to, go to the church and be gay, but you can't move up in the church and be gay. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, you can't be an active player in the church and be gay. You are, if you try that kind of move, you kind of just kind of get brushed off. Um, and that is, again, more important than just saying, you can be gay here. Like, I want to see your gay people. Yeah. If you are going to be supportive of gay people. I think, you know, 30 years ago, I might excuse it more. When there were less churches and things that mm-hmm. were accepting of queer people. Yes. But now there are... Faith does not equate to hating gays. No. At a time it did. But now there are churches, there are places you can go mm-hmm. that support gay people. Yeah. So I think the excuse was dry. And I think your point about them promoting it kind of puts them on the edge that I'm going to judge you for it. Exactly. This one's very quick, but just want to give a hot topic shout out to Don Cheadle, who recently hosted Saturday Night Live. And without saying a word, I think made a difference. He was introducing the musical guest that night, and he wore a shirt that says, Protect Trans Kids. And that kind of silent activism from a straight person on a huge TV show, I think it's gigantic, and I think we need to see more of it. Like all the colors of the rainbow, so are the gays of the week. So my gay of the week is Janelle Monet. She's my gay of my life. And like, sorry, the, my queer of my life. I believe in one of our first episodes, we did talk about her. She wasn't a gay of the week yet. Um, but we just talked about something she had done. So like, this isn't our first time bringing up Janelle Monet, But I would be fine with talking about her every week. So this... <laughs> As the episode title suggests, this was relevant a week ago, but I didn't get to celebrate her because I was focused on Brandi Carlisle, and I do want to celebrate Janelle Monet. So she put on an outstanding performance at the Grammys, and she is always so... She's just so fucking badass. But what I want to celebrate is also her queer activism and her feminism and just how how she promotes self-love and self-acceptance. Um, I think she's just so badass. And I think her being a huge part of the Grammys a couple weeks ago is uh, a good reminder to, to bring her up. I know a lot of people 
that I saw on social media, my friends and stuff, that was like one of their first introductions to her. Oh, yeah. And had very good reactions. So funny. I just, I am so in it with Janelle Monet that it always surprises me when our friends hadn't heard of her yet. Well, listener, if you didn't watch the Grammys and you hadn't heard of Janelle Monet before this point, you need to look her up right now. Her most recent album is incredible. Her one before that is great. Uh, she gives a whole new definition to um, fembots. Uh, so in, that is relevant if you listen to her first album. Okay, I don't quite get it. To me, fembots are from Austin Powers. I know they are. And they shoot out of the boobs. Yeah. But like before Janelle Monet came out and like stated that she was queer, her whole thing was that she was like an android. Oh. Um, and she had this whole like android persona. It was very cool. And in her first album, there was a whole song about fembots being so like badass and like they, they weren't just pretty man killers like yeah. they were oh that's cool brilliant and awesome and femme i'm femme yay my queer of the week i don't think we're informing anyone about anything new here because my queer of the week is miley cyrus she as we talked about before got married to liam hensworth and she recently did an interview talking about how she viewed their getting married not as traditional, but as, like, new age. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest points of that was that even being married to a man, a huge part of her identity is being a queer woman. And I just wanted to give a shout-out to her because I think it could be so easy for Miley to not talk about that when she married one of the sexiest men out there. Mm-hmm. But she wants to own her identity. She wants to keep that forefront in what she is doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great. Pushing that narrative is super important to a lot of people out there. Yes. It's like our straight friend that we interviewed a few weeks ago who didn't shy away from talking about queer experiences. Mm -hmm. I think as Kinsley said or researched, the spectrum is very large and more people on the spectrum of queerness need to step out there and give people that room to not be in tiny little boxes about their sexuality. Yeah. And I know it's not always popular when celebrities are the one kind of taking that stage because they have that huge amount of privilege. But I do think it's important for those kinds of big names to get themselves out there and own that space so that people feel more comfortable putting themselves in it. All right, well, that's another week done, Jarrett. It felt so good after not being together for a week. And we didn't even see each other in the meantime, so it was so good to, like, sit here and chat with you. And we barely even spoke. Right? Like, I tried really hard to give you your workspace and let you do your thing. I'm just going to have a friend moment here and say you can step back from giving them a space. Well, I just feel like I message you all the time. Seeing an Ashley message makes my day. Oh, okay. Good to know. So don't worry about that. All right. All right. If you want to keep in touch with us, what's happening on the podcast, if you want to be the latest person to know when we won't have an episode because Ashley bailed because she was sick, follow us on Instagram at GayBestFriendsPodcast. If you want to get in touch and defend Ashley being sick last week, uh, you can send us an email at... Gay best friends podcast at gmail.com. 
And honestly, this is very selfish of me, but if one of you could review us on iTunes, you would make our week. Yes, please. It's it's time. It's time for us to, to start asking for those reviews. I promise you right now, if one of you reviews us, Ashley won't be sick for a year. Deal. Or if she does, I'll just pretend to be her voice. <laughs> Bye, Bye, besties. besties.